Gobble, gobble, gobble. Andy, welcome to Thanksgiving week. Uh, this is our uh, Men of a Certain X podcast. How are you, Andy Jabor, on what is the really, I think, the unofficial kickoff of all sorts of holidays? Thanksgiving. Dave, I'm good. It is season's greetings. It is the start of the truly holiday spirit. You know, everybody starts to really enjoy the reality of the end of the year and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the end of your holidays. And it's a great time. It's a great time. And I'm especially happy. My sons are home from college and I'm a very happy father. The Troy Lions had an awful game that they won. I'm very happy about that. Currently number two in the NFL, Dave Pounder. So, hey, think things are good. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Well, I had fully come on this podcast preparing to ridicule you since you were so high and mighty on how the Lions were just going to throttle the Bears. And it really took, I mean, it was Jared Goff's worst game of the season, yet at the end, he still drove them down the length of the field. It was, to, to, you it was just Muhammad Ali football, Dave. It was just, <laughs> it was just you know, sitting on the ropes, taking the hits for a little while, you know, lulling their, their opponent in, and then they just came out punching. I mean, they want to give America a good show, you know, I mean, one credit to Justin Fields. He gets a lot of flack. He played a really great football game. That guy is a major threat on the ground. He's got some balls that go all over the place, but you know what? If you look back when Lamar Jackson started, Lamar wasn't the best passer at first, but he could kill you on the ground. Lamar is a very complete quarterback today. If Justin Fields is able to you know take that same trajectory and he will not under his current coaching staff because they are terrible but 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 he he could be a good player and he really played a good game and the Lions got owned for most of that game but they came out with a nice uh drive to finish the second the first half and look with four minutes left down by 12 they came back 17 points got the win David this is the NFL any team can be any team on any given Sunday at the end of the day, the Lions pulled it out, sitting at 8-2 and two, on top of the NFC North, only behind the Philadelphia Eagles, one game ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs now after the Chiefs lost last night. Hey, I'm good. You can put all your disparaging marks out there. And Dave, I've got to say, we're headed for a very exciting battle between our teams here in a few weeks' time. I think that the Lions-Cowboys game is going to be a big deal game, and I'm, and I'm kind of nervous, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, a couple things, Andy. One, I'm not here for any Justin Fields talk. I mean, this guy, he's a legitimately awful quarterback. You can try to rationalize it any way you like, but he it's the coaching staff. It's always going to be the coaching staff. He's just not good. So let's just call spade a spade. He comes from Ohio State. I mean, the, the, again, where they may look great on – look, we're going to have a top-of-mind topic. I think college football is probably in its worst state ever. Um, and I'm very concerned about it. And it's because we have just like we have a cream of the crop, like five or six teams and then everybody else. That's not what I'm here to talk about. So, one, I'm not going to stand for Justin Fields talk. He's from Ohio State. He's awful. OK, so that's no Penn State bias there at all. Not at all. My second part is this is going to be the first Thanksgiving I can remember that I'm legitimately excited to see the, the lions play at noon. Usually I'm like, how do I get to the four 30 game of the Cowboys? But here I am, I'm going to want to watch this lions game again. And, and it's not because the lions may have some weird win out of them where they come back or something. No, they're, they're legitimately good. And they're going to, they're probably going to beat up on the Packers, but 
I'm excited to see the game. And then, you know, the Cowboys are playing afterwards and they play the commanders. And I'm just going to tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys lost this game by 20 points because that's just how they play on Thanksgiving for some reason. Um, But they should be eight and three at the end of this week. Your team should be nine and two. And we are heading for that collision course, Andy. Yeah. We might have to have some sort of um, little fun wager online for that one. Let's see. We might have to do that. Have to, yeah. So, I mean, one, I think there's a good chance the Cowboys lose this game for no reason whatsoever, except the commanders usually pull like one or two it's, nice division wins, even no matter how bad they are. And they got swept by Philly this year, which means they've, they've got to, I'm sorry. Yeah. They got swept by Philly and the Giants. This and year. the Giants. Got the to, Giants are awful. Got to win against the Cowboys. So I, I could see the Cowboys blowing it just because it's the NFL. The Lions, you know, for all your disparaging remarks, Dave, America wants to see the true grit, you know, of, of the NFL's most exciting franchise. So today, Dave, I, I I honor the Lions with the the grit hat, you know, made famous by Dan Campbell as he took the team on and talked about the grit they needed. So it was grit that stuck through the game and, and pulled out the winner of the Chicago Bears. And their grittiness will be on display on Turkey Day as they pound the pretty abysmal Green Bay Packers and win again sweeping the Packers for another year, which is crazy talk for Lions fans, right? To, to, it's it's crazy. So, so, so can I, let me just talk about Dan Campbell for a minute. And let me talk about some of the, this is another rant I want to go on and maybe we'll do it another time because I have other things I want to get into today, Andy. We only have a short amount of time. We're but not. Dan Campbell, when he came in, that intro press conference where he was talking about taking kneecaps and all this other stuff, like all that stuff, he, he was wildly rebuked and, and made fun of and just everyone was like, this guy's going to be fired in no time whatsoever. And and then you have guys like Lincoln Riley at USC, and they're like, oh, these offensive masterminds are so great. They're analytically driven. Look at Staley in, in San Diego. All of these guys who are so analytically smart. How good are those coaches, really? And then you look at Dan Campbell. And look, look, the Lions have a lot of talent now, and they've drafted really well in recent years. But that was not a good football team. No. Jared Goff was not a good quarterback. when I mean, he was – wildly uh, yeah again another person who was just casted off and it's like oh he's going to go to the lions he's going to be out of football in two years and now he's a top 10 quarterback i mean i know he had a bad game this week but like there needs to be something said for people who know football know how to motivate grit i mean it sounds cheesy but i mean because everyone would rather know your fourth down success rate today than how how well you can motivate people but i think that gets into our larger coaching discussion i'm i'm really impressed with dan campbell I'm, i wish that i'm rooting for them just because i i, I want to see him succeed so that's that's great story there so uh, yeah, i think you're a really important point you know i think there's there's technical competence and expertise which i think dan campbell has to be honest um, as do his, you know, Ben Johnson, the best offensive coordinator in pro football, and Aaron Glenn's no one to, uh, you know, look away from. He's fantastic as well. But there's something to be said for being able to lead, whether it's in, in um, the NFL, you know, or or anywhere else. We've talked about Vince Lombardi's, you know, legendary speech, "What takes me number one before," and he talked about that, right? Leadership across militaries, businesses. There's just something to to, to being in the game, and and Dan Campbell. Is, is a great head coach because he's, he's a great leader on that football field. And there's other coaches of a similar sort of cut in the NFL and they're having success as well. You look at Doug Peterson, right? That, that guy knows how to lead a team and win. He did it in Philly. He's doing it in Jacksonville. You look at D'Amico Ryan, you know, going from the Niners 
to the Texans. And yeah, sure, the Texans have an incredible young quarterback, but but something more is happening there. And it's leadership, right? It's, it's these former player coaches that know how to talk to these young men, know how to motivate them, get them excited. It, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch. I, I love all three of those coaches and I love to see them doing well. Dan Campbell's the best, obviously, but but they're all they're all great. Maybe we'll have another discussion on leadership sometime. I think uh, you know, from our military experience, I think we both appreciate very good and and a lot of very bad leadership. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, D'Amico Ryan is a great example too. Is another guy who that two look for three years in a row. Those those te- Houston teams were terrible, and he took over effectively the same team. Yeah. Yet with a and look, you can say C.J. Stroud's a great quarterback. He's doing. He's still a rookie quarterback, yeah. and he yeah. is still lighting it. Like that doesn't like he still should be making rookie mistakes and doing rookie things. And yet here you have a guy who's just standing tall and. And you have to say it's the coaching. I mean, w- what else can explain that? I mean, so yeah, we'll have to definitely have a lot, lot more discussion on that. So that's good. Any, anything else on the sports front that you want to check in on? Dave, I think we've got to. We got to move. Okay. We've got, Hey, look, we've got Turkey day coming up here in a couple of days. Andy, I want to take this time. Look, this is a great time for traditions. It's a great time for families to come together. Look, if you don't have family close by, you may do a Friendsgiving. I know that's a pretty popular thing these days. Uh, A lot of cool things to do around this, but there's also, you know, those family traditions and the food that really comes out. So Andy, I'm going to do a quick either or game with you. All right. I'm going to put you on the hot spot, Andy, and I'm going to check challenge you on the staples of, of or the classics i guess of thanksgiving meals All right. and i know a lot of people have different traditions you do different things but we're going to go with some of the core things that andy and i both uh, both can appreciate so andy i'm going to give you an either or looking at some of the main parts of the thanksgiving meal and i'm going to have you chime in with where you want to go with it does, does like that make it. sense Hey, it's, it's 540 in the morning, Dave. Let's get our Thanksgiving hunger going. Let's do it. <laughs> That's right. Let's get our let's get our Thanksgiving hunger. Let, let's make sure we're doing this right. Okay, Andy. So we're going to start with the main meal here. Okay. So I'm going to give you two dishes and you tell me which one you like and for what reason. Okay. Sure. So we're going to start with just the main dish, Andy. Turkey or ham? Are you a turkey ham. or ham? Ham. I, I want to have the turkey. I want the turkey there. Yeah. But, but I mean... Turkey sucks at the end of the day. Like <laughs> you, you only eat turkey twice a year because you don't want to eat it at any other time of the year, right? I mean, ham is by far better. Give me that dead pig. I'll take it. Okay. Okay. That's that's interesting. Uh, you know, I love the I love the turkey for the relevance of this year. I have ham in other places. I love just having the turkey as we go through here. Okay, so okay, I can appreciate that. You want to taste um, the tradition, and I, I appreciate that, but the food is just it's just a dry nasty bird but dave let's go i got the next one bring it it. okay all right all right so let's go let's go side dish here andy are you going corn casserole or green bean casserole that's a tough one that's a tough one i could go either way i'm I'm open on this one i'm gonna go corn just because it's sweet and delicious but but they're 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 both good You, you can't go wrong do you have another dish andy that you would prefer over those like another side dish that you would rather have other than that dave I'm going to go into my youth here and young Andy used to cross the street to his aunt's house for Thanksgiving. And my aunt would make just an incredible Thanksgiving display of food. And she would make a legendary seven layer salad, just layer upon layer of deliciousness. And Dave, I, I, she would make a bowl for the family. And she got to the point where she'd make like a second bowl for us to enjoy because like we would eat so much of it. And 
God bless my aunt. She's a wonderful woman. But maybe the, the greatest thing about her is that legendary Thanksgiving seven-layer salad. It's the best. So to my aunt, I love you and thank you for many happy memories. And Dave, that's by far my, my favorite for both nostalgic reasons. And it's just really, really good. Now, would she put it in like a glass like yes. thing where you can see yes. all seven yes. layers? Or, okay, yes. that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, you can, you can visually way. see the beauty yeah. of the layer. She also made this really wicked, crazy marshmallow salad, which was strangely good it was you know it was both, both disgusting and sweet and crazy but you also kept eating it because you just kept i don't know it was it was, it was strange but fantastic i love the many great things in your memories there all right not a marshmallow guy here myself but i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go with your seven layer there okay andy moving on we're good next next thing stuffing or mashed potatoes both are great stuffing stuffing huh and i feel like you just got to mention you know honorable mention to yams there i mean oh man no 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 and, no, no, and no. again not only yams back to the marshmallows yams with those marshmallows melted in okay all right so this is what i like to do i like to take the mashed potatoes add a little stuffing i like to make the the bowl i like to make the like throw all my food together i, I you heard this on one of my other podcasts or whatever Andy. i said the same thing i, I just need to know that the american needs to hear it you need to just pull it all in there, Andy, and just get everything together. You get the one bite of like four or five different tastes and flavors. It's just a sensation in your mouth. So it's a complete savagery. Just I mean, just mix everything together. No holds barred. No holds barred. I don't. I don't. I don't. It's a. It's a mess. But guess what, Andy? When it goes in your stomach, it's a mess down there too. So what? What does it matter what it looks like on your plate? I got a mess starting right now. I got a rumble in my belly. Dave. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A little awkward there, but yeah, we'll go, we'll go forward with that, Andy. So, all right. Last piece here, Andy, on the dessert front, pumpkin pie or pecan pie or pecan pie, as some people would call it. Can't go wrong with, with pies in general. There's not a bad pie out there, Dave. Anything is good in pie form, I think, but pumpkin pie unbelievable oh i mean the, the true thanksgiving tree pecans add that layer of, of texture and, and and crunch and you don't need it just the sweet smooth oh, good. deliciousness of pumpkin pie i don't even i, I just want to spoon and i just want to inhale that thing and enjoy each bite and i'll be honest i could eat seven pumpkin pies like yeah. if, if not for a little bit of self-discipline and only a little bit on this one i could just crush pumpkin pie after pumpkin pie which I may have done on multiple occasions. We don't need to discuss that publicly, but they're great. Pumpkin pie is the way to go. So Andy, I don't know if you'll recall a couple of months back, uh, Ryan Reynolds did a great ad for um, one of his liquor brands or whatever. He was talking about pumpkin spice and basically said, fuck you to pumpkin spice. We don't need that around here. Uh, I am not a, the only thing I will ever have pumpkin wise is these little pumpkin cookies that my wife makes and you have to load them in with chocolate chips and whatever. It makes great. I I will never touch a piece of pumpkin pie. I don't like it. it I, I'm, I, I don't know what it is. I just don't. So I go pecan, chocolate chest pie, any apple pie, any other pie, but pumpkin's probably the last thing I'll ever try. So I'm, I'm sorry to hear this. And I would strongly encourage you to consider exploring the world of pumpkin pie again. Now, I agree. One, Ryan Reynolds, one of the most likable, you know, famous people, I think. Like, he's a likable guy. It's like, hey, I, I like this guy. I like I like the things he does. You know, he's he, he's a famous actor. He's entertaining. He's goofy. He's got a soccer team. He's got his phones, which, which he made a lot of money on. It's just so many things. I, he's, he's fun and enjoyable. One of my favorite Canadians, to be honest. Top-tier Canadian. Good job, Ryan Reynolds. And, and there's too much pumpkin stuff, right? I mean, 
we've got our pumpkin lattes, we've got our pumpkin eggnog, we've got pumpkin everything and like simmer down. Like I, I appreciate that, but, but the pumpkin pie is the classic. That's like the, that's like the big bang of pumpkin festivities. You know what I mean? So like Dave, go back, try it again, enjoy the delicious smoothie texture just you know, just keep keep your keep your heart open, Dave. Let's not get pinned down into extremism. Let's enjoy, you know, the, the, all that America has to offer. Maybe Andy, we'll see, we'll see. I, I might have to have a couple of drinks before I get some pumpkin in me, but uh, we'll we'll see from there. All right, Andy, that was kind of fun. Any any meal, anything that uh, any dish particularly that we didn't talk about here uh, that you're looking forward to, other than your seven layer salad that you had from your youth. I, th- I think I think we hit the big ones, Dave. I'll ask this is always a good one, I think, because people are pretty, you know, pretty locked into their positions on this one. So while what can be prepared many different ways, what's your take? Are you a go or a no-go on Brussels sprouts? Oh, hey, so I was just gonna go here with Brussels sprouts. I look, I can I will eat Brussels sprouts to say I got my veggies in me, just plain Brussels sprouts, a little, you know, maybe toasted or whatever, or fro- you know. Um, but you know, when you put it in together with some like other bacon or other sauces and spices, get some other things in there. I, I will, I will just mow through some Brussels sprout work. So I I am all in on, on things, Brussels sprouts. I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. They're, they're maybe America's least loved vegetable, but I, I enjoy Brussels sprouts and there's just something about that flavor and texture that works for them. So I'm glad we're on the same page there. Good job, Dave. Good, correct yeah. answer. Yeah, very good. Uh, so my mother-in-law used to also make a um, a seafood casserole. She doesn't so much do it anymore. She did it she, one year. She just decided not to do it, and it was like caused a riot. And so she just hasn't done it anymore. Um, it, and uh, I miss that. Um, and my dad had like some just crazy stuffing that was always very good. So I always appreciate that. I'm going to have to get the recipe to make it one day. So Andy, with that, and now that we're all hungry at 548 <laughs> in the morning, let's move on to other topics. Andy, what do you have top of mind? What, what, what are the things going on in your world? What What are some of the things that have piqued your interest in the last couple of couple days? We've got some news items. You want to cover those news items? Uh, yeah, stuff? let's go through the news so, items. So it's Dave, you know, I hate going back to the same things, but I'm going to go back to some of the same things just because there's just so much to, 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 to be amazing. I'm just going to kind of basically stick to the headlines of some of these articles. Folks can dive into them. I'll, I'll point them in the right direction here, but I'm going to go through a series of articles on the national election front, things we've already talked about, but sort of reinforcing the state of reality here in November of 2023, a year away from electing either the same or our next president of the United States of America, whomever he or she may be. So, First, in Reuters, um, just a few days ago, Biden-Trump unpopularity, boys' third-party hopes for 2024 U.S. election. Absolutely. No, nobody nobody wants them. We've talked about this many times, Dave. I've talked about the, the interest in some other, any other candidate. The no-labels group, you know, really trying to get on the ballot, getting a lot of money, over $60 million already, and have already qualified a thousand twelve states. Uh, they're trying to recruit candidates. There's talk about uh, Maryland's former Governor Larry Hogan. Um, Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, you know, sort of guys that were with a party, but but governed somewhere closer to the middle. It, interesting to see that developing continues. And it's not just, you know, your everyday American who's sick of it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, who we've talked about before as well, also you know, says America needs new blood. You know, he, he was saying that, hey, people aren't happy with him because they're not perfect. And, and age is a factor, right? And Arnold's 76, he gets it. And he says, 
hey, we need new blood. I say always we need new, a new breed of leaders. And he's right. right? We talked about this, Dave. We talked about the the age and just the amount of time Americans have to stare at Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And nobody wants to see that again. But we've also talked about sort of the hysterics of both political parties with Senate Democrats warning Joe Manchin. And in the Hill um, just yesterday, you know, there's an article about Democrats warning Joe Manchin that, you know, running for president would risk disaster. Disaster, of course, being that Joe Biden could potentially lose, Donald Trump could potentially win. So the fear tactics we talked about many times continues, right? But age is reality, right? And so Ron DeSantis, who's still trying to prove that he's relevant, you know, it was even 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 making the same point and, and, and talking about Trump and his age. He made the point a recent statement. You can see this article in Politico and other places. Hey, Trump isn't the same guy who ran in 2015 and 2016. He's saying father time is undefeated and and and, and he's getting the best of, of Donald Trump. And he's right. And and you know, DeSantis is trying to make himself competitive, trying to become you know the guy, the alternative. An interesting poll. Um, shows that he's not doing terribly. Um, a recent poll from Marquette University shows that in in one on one matches, uh, DeSantis holds a fifty one to forty nine percent advantage over Joe Biden. That poll also shows Mr. Trump having a fifty two to forty eight percent advantage over Joe Biden. And as we talked about in the last podcast, Dave, Nikki Haley fifty five to forty five against Joe Biden. And and as we said, I think if if Republicans took the time to nominate Nikki Haley. I think she's the president of the United States. I don't know if that will happen, but I think she. Have, I've got a couple more, Dave, but I'll pause there. Any thoughts on the craziness of 2024? Yeah, I, well, craziness is the right word to use for it. I, look, I think the Republicans just need to get around each other and say, hey, look, let's put two or three people up on the stage. Let's get rid of everybody else, and let's just have these things work out. Because you do have some pretty decent candidates on there. Like, I have my views about Ron DeSantis, the way he governed Florida, um, or or – I, I abused the state of Florida, manipulated the state of Florida, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you want to call that governing, that's fine. Um, but um, I really do believe in Nikki Haley. I think she, if she were one-on-one -on -one with Biden, she would win hands down. I don't even think it'd be a close election either. Um, and so I, I think if you can get beyond a lot of that part, you do it. Speaking of the, you know, father time being undefeated, like you really do have to look at both of these candidates and say, you know, is this really what we want? And what, what's concerning to me is a lot more is like you have to really be voting on the vice president. You know, who do you want to be the vice president? I think that's where Biden is. If he has any chance of being reelected, um, he really needs to consider the vice president. Nothing against Kamala Harris. Uh, but I mean, I think she's shown over the four years that to be pretty inco inconsequential. Uh, she hasn't really I mean, uh, people are look, please, please don't come after me on social media and tell me about how all the great things that she's done. She hasn't. And let's just call a spade a spade. Um, but that's the way it goes. And, and so I think he may need to reconsider that. And I think Trump, I mean, I've heard some crazy names for vice presidential candidates, Tucker Carlson. I mean, Don, Don, like these are just outrageous things. Really, we need to look at it. And, and I guess Trump got a, a, a I guess, uh, from Texas Governor Abbott, you know, yes. endorsement from that yesterday. You know how much that means to me? Absolutely nothing. Like, do I care that Abbott uh, is uh, endorsing Trump? No, not at all. Uh, endorsements are jokes anyways, because they're going to flip as soon as the, the nominee is selected anyways. So, look, I think it is crazy. 
I wish the Republicans would would settle on it. And and look, I think the Democrats they can keep denying all they want, but they have a hard decision to make. And if they're going to keep Joe Biden, they they really have to be prepared for the consequences of that he is not. People are not viewing him favorably, not because he hasn't done a good job, because he's done a lot of things. He's been able to pass a lot of things. But the reality is, is, is look, he's eight. What is he? 81. He just turned 81. 81, Dave. Fresh, fresh 81. I know. Like, looks like spring chicken out there. So um, anyway, so it, it, it is what it is. Um, so anyways, that's what that's my initial thoughts, Andy. So go on. Yeah. Please go on. Yeah, no, all, all fair, Martin. Speaking of crazy characters that want to be vice president of the United States, let's go back to another favorite, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Who in a, in, a, in a congressional hearing where they had they're talking homeland security, national security, they had leaders from the FBI, NCTC, the DHS, and Marjorie Taylor Greene in in clearly prepared staged remarks. Right, she was she had this ready. She had her big posters up. She was ready for this. So this wasn't like a off the cuff remark where you know people make mistakes. Right, I get that, but this was a prepared remark. And this exchange is captured a number of ways. I'm going to look at a Newsweek article here. So she's she's talking to FBI director. Christopher Ray, and I think most most people that pay attention to sort of politics at any level know who Director Ray is. He's been around. There's been a lot of controversy around him. His his name is FBI Director Christopher Ray, and that's how he's often referred to. Right. He's, so here he is, you know, speaking in front of the House, and Marjorie Taylor Greene brings up these massive posters, you know, talking about things she's posted, right? And so and they're going back and forth. But she says, "Hey, I I posted these on my Twitter account." And Director Ray responds, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. He, he's he's pretty busy doing FBI stuff all day long, right? So so Ms. Green comes back, she says, I'm sure you do being spend time on Twitter because the DHS organized with other offices and censored people like myself, to which Mr. Ray responded, I'm not part of DHS, right? So one could argue that she wasn't saying he was part of DHS and they were, you know, working with the FBI. But at the end of the day, it's not like she's got no idea what's going on, right? And 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 she doesn't. She she she's out there for you know points and 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 attention and you know garnering the support of her uh, dedicated loyalists. And she wants to be vice president to Donald Trump. That's sort of her aspiration. And and all this is about her antics and you know getting that notoriety. But what an absolute you know nut job you know she is. And and speaking of nut jobs, I want to throw out another entertaining, goofy character. And George Santos, and, and there's recent, you know, revelations of, of some of the mischief he got involved with. And just among all the other things, the guys using campaign funds for OnlyFans purchases, right? <laughs> just nothing wrong. Is that wrong? wrong, you, is that wrong? Ain't, ain't nothing, nothing wrong if you enjoy oh. OnlyFans or, or whatever it is that, you know, you, you enjoy in your free time, consensual activity. I'm all for whatever you want to do, but probably can't use campaign funds for it, you know, oh, like... Okay. So, my twenty, my twenty five dollars donation to George Santos can't be used for OnlyFans accounts. Yeah, no. pre preferably not. I think that goes against certain rules. So, I mean, just yeah. just unbelievable the state of American politics today, Dave. So, you know, last one I'm just going to share is a really good article I think in the New York Times yesterday, titled "Between Israelis and Palestinians: A Lethal Psychological Chasm Grows." I think it's really great perspective talking about sort of the. The, the mutual victimization of both sides and how how troublesome that can be for any kind of peaceful resolution to that conflict. So, some interesting articles, Dave. So folks can check those out and uh, happy to hear anybody's thoughts and ideas there. I'll stop there. It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I like my politicians to govern on Twitter, Andy. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure how you prefer them, but all caps. I, I, that those uh, the the MJ 
G uh, comments were it was it was she was widely mocked on and rightfully so she should so yeah. look I mean if you're going to be a politician the least thing you can do is not just you know dive into your deep into your ideology and talk about conspiracies and space lasers and all this other stuff about other uh, hate based groups and all this stuff but you should probably read up on what you're actually trying to govern and what you're trying to do to protect the american people and i know you've got your constituents to protect but you are manipulating your constituents when you try to tell them that this is what you should be fighting for when in reality you should probably be fighting for the resources and your community and making sure that they have everything they can be as opposed to trying to manipulate their views on it but you know i i think that's the state of politics we're in and george santos this is i mean this guy's been a joke since day one i'm again it just is amazing how i would really love a deep dive in, and i think it'd be very challenging into the people who actually vote like what what are the motivations for voting why are they getting behind certain candidates because george the santos i mean look it can all be traced back to so many different things, gerrymandering and how we get these districts that are, you know, you and how how politicians are even nominated by their party, how they line up and what what type of fire branding they're getting and all this other stuff. And I think just our political system is just such chaos um, and, and it is such a, a mess that it would take years um, or radical overhaul to to clean up. And I just don't think that the people who want to clean it or can clean it up will do it. And, and that's the unfortunate part. So it's stories like these that just kind of continue to remind me. I I, I think Santos is probably going to wind up being um, voted out, um, I think, in the next couple of weeks. But then that just begs the question is, and what happens next? The Republicans are going to lose somebody who's voted with them. Now they have to find out that the majority is even slimmer now on a lot of things. So they'll have to figure out how that's going to play out. So all very interesting times, Andy, but I think there's going to have to be a time we wrap up this podcast today. Andy, Andy, anything you want to wrap up here today, anything you want to call out regards, you know, Thanksgiving, the holidays, what, what, what are your thoughts real quick before we go? Dave, I'll say happy Thanksgiving to you. Thankful to have these podcasts, these opportunities to, you know, give America our critical perspective on these key issues because I know America needs it, right? So you're welcome, America. But thank you, Dave, for, for spending time to do these with me. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours and happy Thanksgiving to anybody listening or watching. And we're grateful to spend some time with you and hope you find this at least somewhat mildly interesting and entertaining. And we're really grateful for the opportunity to uh, continue this Men of a Certain Next podcast the rest of this year and into 2024. And I think uh, that's it, Dave, for me. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm thankful that we got this opportunity to do this. We've been talking about this for so long, Andy, that I'm glad we get to do this. And, and it is fun. And to all our listeners out there, I hope you're enjoying it as well. And hope you all have a great Thanksgiving or however you guys choose to celebrate uh, these next couple of days and, and in the weeks ahead. Andy, I don't know if we want to announce it now, but I think we are going to be looking to expand the, the, the frequency of this podcast. I mean, the people have spoken. They want to hear more, Andy. Either that or we're just bored and we want to do it more. I, I don't know. Dave, I mean, like The Rock, I think we are the people's champion. You know what I mean? So I think uh, we've got to give America what America wants. So yeah, I think I think coming soon, we'll, we'll have these uh, more frequently, which we'll be able to discuss with uh, soon and announce it more formally maybe. And I'm excited to do that because, I mean, hey, who doesn't want to spend you know, 20, 30 minutes of their day listening to us pontificate on all things that uh, come to mind? So Dave, I mean, America's, America demands we're here to serve. We're, we're public servants in many ways, and we continue to serve our nation. So for you, America.
we continue to make those sacrifices, Andy. With, <laughs> with that, Andy, we oh, well, I will say we are not going to pod on our second day this week. So this is the only pod this week. Um, but then we'll catch up with you guys next week. So Andy, with that, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.